Hello everyone, my name is Weston, I'm joined with Evan, and we are here for the first episode of the Rangers Game Plan Podcast, a podcast discussing what the past few games have been for the New York Rangers. Today we're going to briefly discuss the Montreal game, but mainly the meat and potatoes of this is going to be the Buffalo and Pittsburgh back-to-back over the weekend. Without further ado. What's going on, guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, definitely a pretty interesting weekend. I mean, you know, Thursday kicked it off. You know, they, you know, they, they didn't have a lead um, in the past three games. So they won two of them. You know, they got a, they got five out of six possible points. So it's not completely doom and gloom. But, you know, at the end of the day, they've, they only have one regulation win in 12 games. So the panic meter isn't exactly zero, um, especially considering you kind of wanted to see a little bit more um, in the Montreal and Buffalo game specifically. They're not terrible, terrible teams, but I mean, if you look at this roster, you're kind of just waiting for them to get comfortable and it, it's, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, time's kind of running down here on the season. So the Montreal game specifically, I will say very much felt like they were just not really taking that game seriously. And they had so much time off going into it. Because it felt yeah, like every time I, yeah. Montreal would score, Rangers would just go absolutely wild skating until they'd tie it and then just completely lapse again. Which Yeah, I mean, for sure. There was definitely a lot of rust there. Um, but, I mean, it's one of those things where the goals they, they gave up in that game were, you know, kind of... It, it shows how bad the defense has been for, I mean, going on a month now, maybe a little over a month. And, I mean, you know, a, a big chunk of that has been when they're playing with, you know, a short roster, all those things. But it's not like the Rangers are the most defensive, defensively sound team in the world when they have their full lineup. So it's not necessarily an excuse. Um, they're not great defensively regardless, to be honest. So it's, you know, going into these playoffs, whether it's New Jersey, Carolina, you got to be a lot better. You, you absolutely have to be a lot better, especially in that Montreal game. You really don't want to see that many quality chances given up, considering, you know, they're they're obviously not a great team that's also very injured. I mean, their top players literally weren't playing, so you would have liked to see them lock it down a little bit more. Obviously, Russ plays a factor into that, but, I mean, it's it, this has been going on for way too long that there's not many excuses to go around for that type of stuff, so... I know you've had the theory or the opinion for a little bit now, especially from last season coming into this one, but Igor's regression, he's not bad by any means, and I'm not going to say anything of that sort, but Igor Shesterkin not playing at that Vesna level has just this season for the defense been disastrous. They've not been the worst defensive team, but it's they're below average defensively, which yeah, you have... I, I mean... You know, it, it's not like they get completely steamrolled constantly defensively, but the chances they do give up are always grade A chances. You know, yeah. it's it's not it, – they might not give up 50 shots, but the 30 shots they give up are just really – you know, they just come from complete defensive breakdowns. It's men alone in front. It's massive screens or odd man rushes. And last year, Igor Shosturkin – somehow was able to stop nearly all of them. And I will talk about Igor in a minute here, especially on that Buffalo game. But mm-hmm. the defense, especially now missing Ryan Lingrid, where Nico Mikola is having to play over 20 minutes a game is... Uh, yeah, yeah. 
it's frightening, especially with the fact heading into the playoffs, it's just a fact you're going to have injuries. And yeah, absolutely. That yeah. is a nerve wracking thing heading into it because you lose one defenseman, you have this is your defensive lineup. If you lose one, you're if yeah, Lingard goes I, down, which Iron Man last season, so I'm not Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I think he's missed this many games partially because they wanna make sure he's not at a hundred percent, they wanna make sure he's at a hundred twenty percent. You know what I'm saying? I mean at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, it's even when he's in the lineup, they're not they're not the Boston Bruins. They're not completely locking teams down. So, you know, I mean, like you said, there's going to be injuries in the playoffs. And I mean, the forwards have to do more defensively. I mean, oh, absolutely. It's it's not like they don't have the capability of it. I mean, Mika Zibanejad has shown maybe not consistently, but he's certainly shown he's one of the top two-way players in this league. And, I mean, some nights he really shows that, and other nights, you know, I mean, kind of like in the Pittsburgh game, he really didn't have that. I mean, one of the goals went off of him for Pittsburgh, and he took a bad penalty in the first that led to a five-on-three. And, you know, some some nights you just don't see that. You have to see the defensive consistency um, from a lot of these guys. I mean, Kreider could play defense. Um I'd honestly say 75% of the reason Vincent Trocek was signed here is because of how good his forechecking was. And it's not that that he's necessarily been bad at it here, but I don't think we've necessarily seen what we expected from him. I mean, in that Rangers versus, you know, Hurricane series, he was all over the ice. I mean, you know, he was, I mean, he was all, all, you know, up and down the ice making plays. He made it really tough for the Rangers, and I just haven't seen that as much from him in a Rangers uniform. There's a lot of blame to go around. I'm not necessarily trying to pin it on, you know, one or two guys, but you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, chemistry isn't an excuse. I mean, there's three new players on this team. Everyone else was here last year and they weren't great defensively last year. They're probably, you know, just at the same level if not worse defensively this year. So, something's got to change and I don't necessarily know what. Um but they're running out of time to, to click here before the playoffs start. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Pittsburgh was game 66. So you're really in that. This is when you need to be ironing out every kink, oiling up every gear to be as good as you possibly can be going into the playoffs. And you have a 12-game stretch <laughs> leading into the final little bit where you've yeah, won one game yeah. in regulation. And to be fair, that was a very impressive game. That was a great game against the Kings who because the West is an absolute shit show, might end up winning the West, which is wild to yeah. me. And you go there on the second night of a back-to-back, granted it was back in Madison Square Garden, but the second night of a back-to-back, and run their show. There, you had, that was a great game. But overall, this stretch of 12 games has not inspired confidence. And the last three, I do not recall a time where in three games you've had all three be on the road, and then the second and third be a back-to-back with travel, both, again, yeah. on the road, yeah. you get five of six, and you're like, man, they're looking rough right now. It's And the how is very important. The Montreal game was a mess. The Buffalo game was a bit better, but mainly what won you the Buffalo game was Igor Shesterkin and almost him alone. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first game. I'm not going to say the first game this season because recency bias is a big thing. But that was the first game in a long time that I can think of off the top of my head 
where you won that game simply because the Rangers had Igor Shesterkin and the opposing team did not. That was yeah, absolutely. His I mean, finest game in a while. Yeah, I, they didn't play completely horrible in that game, but it it was like I was saying before, where they didn't give up sixty shots, but every time Buffalo got in the Rangers zone, it was a great a great a opportunity. And I mean, especially in the last ten minutes of that third period. Uh. I didn't think they were going to win that game. I mean, Igor completely stood on his head there. And, I mean, you know, he's definitely got a lot of slack, you know, coming into this year. And it's one of those things, I mean, in terms of him specifically, we all said last year that no goalie was going to have that type of season again. And I don't know why we're necessarily surprised that he's not having that season again. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, He definitely struggled in you know in the past month or so he's gotten a lot better since that you know since um you know a lot of the trades happened in this break obviously he was phenomenal in in that buffalo game but there was a you know good little stretch where he was struggling but everything outside of that he hasn't been bad this year and a lot of the goals given up are just complete defensive breakdowns and you know Especially, it's not just him being being you know the sole reason for a lot of these points. Yaro Halak has had to have a lot of you know outstanding performances, especially yesterday. I mean, in that Pittsburgh game, they don't win that game if 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 he wasn't on it. And it's it's one of those things, especially you know in terms of the Rangers' defense, you'd like to see a lot more improvement. I mean, they looked really, really, really bad when obviously Mikola and Ben Harper were playing twenty five, thirty minutes a night. So that that obviously can't happen, right? You're not expecting to beat teams like the Bruins when you have guys like that playing that many minutes. Um, but it, it, they haven't been playing, you know, shorthanded all year. You know, this has been this has been an issue all season long, and you know, it's what you know coming down this stretch here. You kind of got to start feeling good about this team at some point. I mean, the power play's got to get you know rolling. Um, this is the time of year where you want to start feeling good about your chances. And the Rangers really have not provided that for us. Um, obviously, it's not completely doom and gloom. You know, they've had some good moments. They're not losing every game they play. I mean, they had that little losing losing streak there. It is what it is. Um, as, you know, at the end of the day, they're pretty comfortable in third in the Metro. They obviously got a five out of possible six points this weekend. But it's it's what, you know a lot of reoccurring issues for this team. There's not any improvement. And just to touch on the Penguins game yesterday, I mean, that's a team that you just played a seven game series against. Um, You played them four times last year that, uh, you know, yesterday was your second meeting with them this year. You got to play them two more times this week. And the fact that you can't figure out a way to adjust to their offensive game plan is definitely concerning. I mean, they crash to the net a lot. They like to screen the goalie. Um, a lot of shots from the point, and the Rangers haven't had an answer for that. And when you play a team that often, you'd expect to see a little bit more of an adjustment and a little more improvement against their play style. I mean, you know, that might not be the team we're immediately worried about in the playoffs. Obviously, you know, it's most likely going to be, you know, New Jersey or Carolina, but you never know if you're going to play them. And I know they beat them last year, but, you know, (laughs) if Louis Domingue was not... In net, who know who knows what happens. I mean, if Crosby doesn't go down, if Louis Domingue wasn't in net, if they had Jari, who knows if that series is over in five, right? So, you'd like to see a little more, you know, improvement and some adjustments from the staff, and I mean, on the players as well. 
you know, n- nothing's really changed all season. So now it's been a lot of. I will say something that did change yesterday, and it changed in the Buffalo game as well, which is the line changes continue to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I, you uh, obviously you're a massive fan of Gerard Gallant. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's my favorite person in the world. Yeah, you love for that sure man very dearly. I I don't understand how you can keep change, especially at this point of the season, how you can continue to change the lines. And you're yeah, gearing up for yeah. the playoffs. You need desperately to build that chemistry. You bring in Patrick Kane for the lone reason. You did not bring in Patrick Kane for what he's done this season. And yeah. you bring him in because you know the chemistry that he has with Artemi Panarin. And to have them not be on the same line is... It's it's absurd. Wild. I mean, I, you know, they didn't necessarily play phenomenal together, right? But it's just one of those things. I don't know how you could pull the plug on it that fast. And, I mean, to dive specifically into this weekend, the past two games... The Rangers looked completely out of sorts. I mean, the passes don't look crisp. Um, they have a lot of trouble, you know, breaking out in the neutral zone because these guys don't know where their routes are. And it's one of those things where you're playing these teams, especially the Penguins, that all those guys have been playing together for a very long time. And that lineup doesn't change very much, right? So you're playing against these teams that have a lot of chemistry while your team is trying to build chemistry and you're almost preventing them from doing that when you change the lines before the game and you change them several times within the game. I mean, like I said, the passes don't look crisp. They really, you know, it they, they aren't able to anticipate where each other are. And, I mean, the five-on-five play for the Rangers has been an issue for a very long time now. I mean... Even if you have guys like, you know, Zabanajet and Kreider playing together on the same line for 10 straight games, chances are their 5v5 numbers are not going to be great within that 10-game stretch. I mean, this team just really has immense difficulty scoring 5v5. And it's not like they don't have the players. They, they absolutely have the players. I mean, look at the roster. And especially now, the way the top nine looks... It's I, I don't know how they aren't getting more quality scoring chances. And, you know, sometimes, you know, for for a game or two, a line will look good together and they just never they never play, w- you know, with each other again. Um, and, <laughs> you know, there's not many games left to, to find this chemistry. So I think you, you, you got to just pick a lineup and just stick with it. Yeah, you're kind of getting to that point where you just have to ride it out for better or for worse. I mean, over the weekend and this is. Again, the lineup constantly changed in the Buffalo game. It constantly changed in the Penguins game. The best line was Mott, VC, and Gaudreau. Yeah. They look the best. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. <laughs> when they look like your best line, when they have the best chemistry, that should be a bit of a red flag for the Rangers. The goal in the Pittsburgh game was that you get in the third period to tie the game was Trocek to Kreider, and it wasn't any... There was no chemistry involved with that goal. It was Trocek somehow not getting a penny, penalty on Malkin after putting yeah, his elbow yeah. into his spinal cord. If, if that gets called, the, the Rangers don't get a point yesterday. If no. they, I mean, if that if he gets called for a penalty there, they, they lose the game 2-1. Yeah. And, I mean, oh, man. That, that fourth line was literally the only line that did anything 5v5. And, I mean, the positive is, you know, when that line was put together, we expected them to play well. So at least we know they're gelling and they're playing well and they're kind of doing what we expect. We're not going to expect a goal per game or anything close to that from them. 
but at least they're doing what they're supposed to. No, they're... And, you know, it's <laughs> all the other lines, they just get, you know, they get shaken up mid-game. And, and it's like I said before, nothing about it looks smooth. They have no rhythm with each other when that happens, and it just has to stop. And I honestly have no hope for it stopping at this point. I mean, we'll probably be in game three or whatever of the playoffs, and we'll still be talking about this. You know, I mean, it happened all season last year. It's just how Gallant is. Um, but, I mean, l- like we said before, they just have to find a lineup and just stick with it the rest of the way. I mean, you know these guys have chemistry with each other. And, you know, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Tarasenko looked good together. You know, it's not like they didn't get chances. Um, they maybe weren't clicking as much as you would like them to, but the way to get them to click is to get them to play more. You know, so... Um, Panarin and Kane, the more they play together, the more they're, you know, they're, they're going to find it and the more the points are going to come. So I don't know why that was broken up so prematurely. And, you know, Patrick Kane, you know, the, especially in that Buffalo game, he looked awesome. I mean, for, for sure. Um, may, you know, obviously he had his mistakes and everything like that, but that was the first time where I felt he genuinely looked comfortable with the team. Um, he was definitely skating hard and he didn't look like, you know, a lost a lost dog out there, like he did in, in um, the past few games before. Then he definitely looked like he was getting into his rhythm a little bit more, um, and then immediately gets thrown on you know four different lines within you know the, those two games. So it's 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 especially tough for a guy like that. Um, you're on a new team and you don't know what line you're going to be playing on every six minutes. It's really tough, you know. It it absolutely like he looked fantastic in the Buffalo game. He looked. He had his moments in the Montreal game. The Buffalo game was, I think, I don't want to say the peak because he had two point. Did he have one point? Excuse me. He didn't have a point on the uh, OT winner. That yeah, was, yeah. I think that's sort of his ceiling, which is a very fine ceiling. He's going to have a couple of miscues here and there, but you knew that going into acquiring Patrick Kane at this point in his career where he might have an injury. We don't know. There's the rumors floating around about the hip. He's 32. He's never been a defensive monster. And if that's yeah. what you get from Patrick Kane was in that Buffalo game or around there, you're more than happy with that. And they've had their moments. The biggest problem with the Rangers team, and it was to that an extent last year, they pass really well. No one wants to finish. And I think it was an issue last season of the, ch- the kids line not wanting to take a shot and mess up. And mm-hmm. now it's a case of the entirety of the team plays a little bit too unselfishly to where they're passing up these prime opportunities to take shots, these prime looks to hope something better has come along, and it kind of hasn't. They have yeah. tons yeah. and tons of great looks that just result in nothing. And then you also have the egregious misses, which are, have become too much of a staple with this team over the past couple of years. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ryan Strom, for putting those in our head. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean... Um... You know, specifically in, in terms of what you just said, it's, I mean, especially on the power play, right? Um, at this point, I don't know what they have to do to fix it. Um, they obviously aren't shooting. They're trying to do a little too much. Um, but the thing we know is it's absolutely not a personnel issue. I mean, both of the Rangers power play units are easily power play one on most of the teams in this league including some playoff teams, right? Either one of them, they're completely star-studded. So, I, you know, obviously they just got changed around. It's not like those units have been playing together forever. But, I mean, 
they're not getting any chances. I mean, uh, you know, in the second period of the of the Penguins game, they had two, you know, two power plays in the second, and I think they got maybe one shot. You know, um, it's it's just not looking good. They're definitely trying to do a little too much, um, and all season the power play hasn't necessarily been as automatic. And I mean, they have to figure it out pretty soon because if your power play is cold going into the playoffs. Your, your chances look pretty slim. I mean, that goes for any team. You know, in, in, the, in the playoffs, it comes down to your goaltending and the power play. And I have full confidence in Igor completely finding his way back come playoff time. Um, obviously, the defense has to get ironed out before then. But I definitely think he's going to steal some games in the playoffs as long as we can get some power play goals here and there. Um, yeah. You know, at, I, I guess it's uh, on the bright side. At least we know it's not a personnel issue. Um so we definitely have hope of them turning it around. You know, if we didn't have all these superstars on the team and it was kind of just, you know, it is what it is with the power play, then I'd be a lot more concerned, right? But it's they just got to find a way to put the puck in the net. And, I mean, more importantly, they just have to figure out a way to become less predictable. I mean, everything with the Rangers' power play is completely east to west. They're always looking for that cross-size pass. And, you know, you're playing in the NHL. These teams watch film. They pick up on things. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna pick up on that eventually. It it caught up to them pretty quick this year, and you know, Kreider had that fifty goal season last year because he's the best net front guy in the league. You know, maybe you know Pavelski's up there, um, but it it's been Kreider for a while now. I mean, that's always been his his office right in front of the net. He's great at tipping the puck, and they just haven't tried it as much this year. You know, last year with the power play. They were looking for the one-timer to Mika, or if that wasn't available, you know, Fox would, you know, shoot it on net and Kreider would most likely tip it in. They just haven't tried that this year, and I don't know why. It's not like they completely aren't, you know, going for that chance with Kreider in front, but it's just not, it doesn't seem as as much in the game plan as as it was um, last year. And, (laughs) I mean, like I said before, they don't have much time to figure this power play out. Um, They just had their break, so... You know, you would have liked to see a little more improvement on the power play considering they had that break before the Montreal game, but it just, you know, it, it hasn't happened yet. So, You've come into a point now, like, the next week is incredibly important. You play Washington, Pittsburgh twice, and Nashville, which Nashville's having a bit of a down season. They're not what I think a lot of people thought Nashville might be coming into the season. Mm-hmm. You're playing solid teams. You're not playing teams that are great or top ten. They're teams that might make the playoffs or they might not. But Mm -hmm. this is going to be a nice little stretch where anything you get doesn't have to come with a caveat. Or a caveat. Caveat? Caveat's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. (laughs) Of, well, yeah, you did that, but it was against this team. Ergo, it's null and void. Like the game against Philly, the game against Montreal, where you win both of those, but well, yeah, but it's a subpar team. You're playing solid teams, and you're playing teams more than that that are going to be playing at their best because they desperately, desperately need any point possible. You have Pittsburgh, who's mm-hmm. clinging on to a playoff spot by just a couple of points over Florida. Washington is five points out behind the Islanders, and Nashville is five points out from Colorado. So you have a schedule coming up, and you, they're all at home. They're all in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, you'd hope three of the four can at, go your way. At the very least. I mean, if you really want to start feeling good about this team, 
you'd like them to get all four, right? Um, at the end of the day, it's not like you're playing the Boston Bruins this week. You know, um, they have, they, you know, they've struggled against the Capitals this year, but the Rangers are better than the Capitals, you know? And I mean, the same goes for the Penguins. Um, they, they just have to find a way to pull these games out. Um, obviously none of them are bad teams, but in this final stretch, you want to really start feeling good about your chances. You want them to really start to click together. So this week is it. I mean, especially for the standings. I mean, as we sit here and, and, and talk today, they're comfortable in third, right? Um, but if they lose both these games to the Penguins, that starts to change. You know, yeah. um, if you know if they lose, you know, against the Capitals, and then if they, you know, either lose both to the Penguins or you know lose one and then maybe an overtime loss, that's still not great. You definitely want two regulation wins against them. Um, and there's no reason they can't. I mean, like I said before, they're absolutely better than these teams. I mean, not just on paper, they're clearly ahead of them in the standings. So. You know, hopefully they're a little bit angry about the loss of the Penguins yesterday. They seem to be, you know, they seem to be pretty fired up about it yesterday. Um, talking about it afterwards, so hopefully that lights a little bit of a fire under them. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, like I said, as, as we're sitting here right now, they're fine in third place, but that could very, very quickly change. I mean, they used to have, you know, a substantial margin over the, you know, Islanders and Penguins. Now, not so much. So they really have to start putting some points together here. It's narrowed to the point now. You both have played 66 games. If the Rangers beat the Capitals, but then drop both to the Penguins, all of a sudden, that insurmountable, you're locked into third in the Metropolitan, is a two-point difference. Yeah. Which yeah. is I mean, terrifying. Yeah, and it's especially because, I, you know... You really wanted to see them truly play to their potential after these trades happened. And I mean, I know they're going to get Lindgren back, um, but you shouldn't be relying on one guy to, um, you know, completely carry your defense. I mean, they've looked completely abysmal recently. I know you have, you know, Mikola and Harper playing more minutes than you would like, but I mean... Injuries are going to happen in the playoffs, and if you can't figure it out, you know, with one of your guys down, that's a serious issue. I mean, even with Lingren out, you still have a Norris winning defenseman, and I mean, Keandre Miller's had some great moments this year. Which, I mean, by the way, he struggled a lot recently. Oh, I mean, God, I, we yes. saw that. We saw that a lot. I mean, especially this weekend. It's I. I don't see much of a change in his game necessarily because he does like to step up in the play and pinch. Um, but he's just not, you know, forcing turnovers now. I mean, usually when he did that, it was it's he's always been a very risky player in the neutral zone. But all season, he was able to come through. I mean, now, you know, especially in this past month or so, he's not coming up with those, you know, with those takeaways in the neutral zone when he steps up. And it leads to a two-on-one the other way. And... You know, at some point that, you know, that obviously falls on him, but that's also on the coaching. I mean, if you know a guy's can, you know, consistently making the same mistake, you'd like to see some improvement there. You know, um, you know, I'm obviously not asking for him to change his game. He's not a stay at home defenseman or anything like that. He's a very aggressive player and he has, the, you know, the right to be. It's not like he hasn't had success doing that. But, you know, when your team is struggling a little bit and you're playing these tight games, you'd expect the coaches to reel him in a little bit more and tell him not to do things like that. Um, you know, to talk more a little bit about the coaching, I mean, obviously we, you know, 
this entire fan base is upset about the line changes and things like that. But in terms of this defense, I mean, I've said this for a very long time. A lot of teams in this league would kill for the Rangers' top four. I mean, their top four defensemen are really, really good. You know, Fox and Lindgren, they're just as good as any pair in the league. And Keandre Miller's obviously, you know, he's a rising star. And, I mean, Truba, obviously, you know, the, this fan base is completely, you know, split down the middle with him. But at the end of the day, he was not that bad in Winnipeg, you know. So, all of a sudden, when he comes to New York and there's not, you know, necessarily great defensive coaches is when things get a little, you know, a little hairy for him. He obviously makes good plays here and there. He's definitely a little overhated, in my opinion, Um this team would definitely be a complete mess without him or anyone in the top four. So, I mean, you could hate on Truba all you want, but, I mean, this last stretch where you've seen Mikola and Harper play all these minutes, um, that should show you if you take a guy like Truba out, you're just going to have to deal with that again. So he's definitely an important you know piece of this team. Um, that being said, you know, to go back to my original point, there's there's no reason this team should be this bad defensively when you have – that good of a top four i mean a lot of teams don't have the luxury of having a norris winning defenseman on their team and they they just shouldn't be this defensively irresponsible when you clearly have the guys to you know to play well you know in their own zone that, that's all i'm saying i mean the forward line changes are a problem in their you know in its own right um but the fact that you just haven't really seen much defensive improvement at all this season is definitely concerning to me i mean Last year, maybe you could have the excuse that it's a new coaching staff, you know, a lot, you know, a pretty young team still, all those things. But they played all last season together. They had a deep playoff run and they just still can't click defensively. I mean, that's just inexcusable to me for sure. It's it's a massive issue because a lot of the players we've given, you know, Keandre Miller and I'm not saying Keandre Miller is the start of it because he absolutely isn't. He makes he's a very good defenseman. The sky's the limit for him. The last little stretch, he's been quite shaky. Fox has turned into a pumpkin ever since Ryan Lingrid went down with injury. Yeah. Ryan Lingrid's been gone, so I can't really say anything about him. I think Jacob Truba, since Ryan Lingrid went down, has massively stepped up on the blue line. I think mm-hmm. the past, I think the weekend especially, he played a very solid game, especially in Buffalo. I thought he was fantastic. But you have... Yeah. The players aren't young anymore. They're still younger, but this is the... Second full season, more or less, or the sec- second season he's played. He played a little bit last season. Schneider's gotten a lot more playing time. Miller, this is his <laughs> third year. It's Miller or Fox and Lingrid's fourth. And Truba's a vet. He's the captain of the team. And then Mikola has been in the league for a bit. Uh, Harper, if I'm not mistaken, has been in the league for a bit. These, you can't use the excuse anymore. And you could last year, have, oh, well, they're just so young. Give them a little bit of time to develop. They've gotten that. And yeah, a lot absolutely. of the rookie mistakes, a lot of the, oh, that'll disappear in time, have not disappeared in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have those issues originally, when they're young, that's on the player. But now you've gotten to the point, they've all been here a while. They've all played, in some cases, well over 100 games. If you're not fixing this, it's not the player anymore. It's on the coaching staff to correct these mistakes. And that's the thing. These are correctable mistakes that they make. It's they step at the wrong time, they pinch at yeah. the wrong time, or they just completely forget to move people in front of the net. Because especially the past month, 
I have not seen as many just... There have been multiple, multiple, multiple goals where Fox or Truba or uh, Miller have just been standing in front of a defenseman who is asked to face in front of Halak or Shesterkin. And it's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, especially with guys like that. I mean, Adam Fox, you're a Norris-winning defenseman. He obviously doesn't have the size, um, but you'd like to at least see them recognize that there's a player in front. I mean, I feel like that doesn't happen enough. I mean, Truba, <laughs> that's kind of his his wheelhouse, is right in front of the net with those you know net front battles. He's a very physical player, and you really don't want to see him either missing that assignment completely or just you know getting completely bodied out out of the front. I mean that can't happen. Um, I mean the overtime winner, you know, for the Penguins. <laughs> I know it was you know it was a power play in overtime and everything, but you know three all, all three Penguins goals were you know the you know Halak couldn't see the puck and and that that just can't be happening. I mean. Um, it was an issue last year, and it's just not getting its not getting any better. And, I mean, it's not completely on the defenseman. Obviously, the forwards have to step up, you know, massively. I mean, their 5v5 struggles, it's, it's, a, it's a completely a team effort. I mean, like you said before, <laughs> there's not many young guys on this team. There are, but the majority of this makeup is veteran players that have been doing this for a while. And like I said, you know, at the beginning... Um, there's three new players on this team. You know, everyone else has a lot of chemistry together. So the fact that they look this disoriented is very concerning, especially that, you know, we're going into game, what, 67? You know, so it's it has to get ironed out very quick. Um, like I said a little bit before, hopefully that loss to the Penguins lights, you know, lights a bit of a fire under them. I mean, those are two teams that don't like each other um, whatsoever. Obviously we saw it yesterday. It was a very, very physical game. Um, You know, they, you play them twice at home this week. You'd like to see a lot of adjustments to that team specifically, because like I was saying before, you've played that team a lot. I mean, they have a very distinct offensive um, uh, scheme. Right, so they're they're going to send a lot of bodies to the net, and it's uh, the shots most likely coming from the point. Um, you know, they they like to score their goals from a screen, and if that doesn't happen, they're poking away at rebounds. And the fact that we're just letting them completely have free reign in front of the net, especially <laughs> being that this is not your first rodeo with this team. You just had a long, drawn out playoff series with them, and that was your second meeting. You know. Um, and it, you just haven't been able to adjust to them, that's on the coaching more than anything to me. I mean, obviously, that that obviously definitely falls on the players a little bit, but the fact that you just completely cannot have an answer for their you know, offensive game plan is definitely concerning. I mean, all three of those goals yesterday were completely preventable, and it was because Yarrow Halak could not see the hockey puck, and that's not what you want. I mean, obviously, screen goals are going to happen. This is the NHL. Guys are going to find their way in front of the net. I'm not saying they, you know, the crease should be completely clear all the time because even the Boston Bruins don't have that happen, you know, in front of Allmark all the time. I mean, they obviously 99% of the time, but it's not, it's just not something that's going to happen in this league. Um, you know, that, that's where the Rangers seem to struggle the most. I mean, a lot of the chances are obviously, you know, odd man rushes and things like that. But when you're constantly getting bodied out in front of the net, that's just not what you want to see considering. The fact that it's not, you know, it's not like you have Zach Jones back there getting bodied out by, you know, a, a six foot five player. 
you don't want to see Jacob Truba get completely bodied out or just completely neglect the guy in front. That's just stuff that can't be happening. And, you know, I mean, like we've said multiple times, they don't have much time to fix this. So who knows what's going to happen, but it, it, you know, something has to improve, you know, pretty soon. I think the positive of this week, I think there's a lot. You have all four games at home. It's teams that you really have a lot of motivation to beat. And -hmm. at least for the first three, ideally, you could have Shesterkin go in all three of them and then give Halak the Nashville game. You're probably getting Lingrid back, and because by game's end in Pittsburgh, you had already switched up the lines, you would imagine going into the game tomorrow, you're going to have the lines back to uh, Tarasenko, Kreider, and Mika on the first line, Panarin, Kane, and Trocek on the second line, the kids' line, and then the grinding line. Yeah. Which, if you can go in with that, you have your defenseman back, this could be the week you write the ship. I think there's... Yeah, and... A lot of it definitely has to. They like we said before. They definitely just have to pick a lineup and just let it ride out. I mean, um, I don't know why (laughs) they they kind of split it up so prematurely. um, But you don't have the time to to be shaking things up at this point. I mean, you know. Also, you're not going to threaten them with it. Like you're not bringing in Kane to put him with Heal and Trocheck. He's yeah. not going to buy that. He knows why he's there. He's there to be paired with Artemi Panarin. Yeah, I mean, that's the... obviously 90% of the reason why um, he wanted to come here in the first place. And, you know, the line changes. It's just, like I said before, they're probably just going to keep happening. I mean, the game against the Capitals, the lines will probably be changed three times unless the Rangers just completely dominate that game. Um, you know, hopefully they do, obviously. Um, but... You know, it's just one of those things where if you look at this lineup, regardless of whatever the line mix-up is, there's too much talent to not be getting quality scoring chances 5v5. There, there's just no excuse for it. Um, obviously, a little bit of it uh, of it is on the players. I mean, you have a lot of guys here that have the ability to take over a game that aren't right now. Um, but at the same time, it's very difficult for the players to get into any sort of rhythm when they don't know what line they're going to be on, you know, even shift by shift. So, um, that, you know, the, the players have openly said to the media multiple times that they don't like the constant line changes. I don't think any hockey player ever would enjoy that. So, um, we hope that it's going to stop, but I really don't think it will. Um, regardless, you know, I, I just don't know how this team has struggled so heavily 5v5 for the past two seasons you know they obviously have the players to do it and they're just not they're just not clicking um like i said you know earlier even if you kind of ride a lineup out for a little while chances are they're not really going to dominate 5v5 you know Mm -hmm. for at least more than one game you know they don't necessarily have these streaks of games where they just look completely dominant as a team which that just shouldn't be happening i mean it there's just no excuse for that when you have this much talent on the roster (laughs) well there's that much and it's that deep as well i would say it's not that you have one incredible line and then the other three are you know kind of scrub you have three genuine great lines and the fourth line is they're not going to go get a goal every game but they're going to consistently try to drive play in the other way they do it pretty well and they're not liable defensively at all 
Like, the fourth line plays a great defensive game. And getting Mott back, I thought he's looked wonderful defensively the past few games. Gaudreau consistently has been a very good defensive forward for the team. Jimmy VC coming back and being as good as he has been this season has just been wild to me. Absolutely. I, I did not see Jimmy VC being that good whatsoever. I he's, mean, <laughs> he's been a good penalty killer. He's been one of the yeah. top. I mean, if not the best penalty killer, for sure. I mean, he's always had a, a you know a good defensive uh, side to his game, but this year it's it's been absolutely insane. I mean, he's probably the best 5v5 defender on the team. You know, I mean, obviously out of the forwards, you know, speaking solely from the forwards, obviously you have, you know, Adam Fox, but Jimmy Vesey's been everything and more that they expected from him. And that contract extension, I think he's making – what like nine fifty k for three years? That I mean that that's a steal. Is getting paid like maybe seven or eight million dollars, and they are yeah magnificent. For yeah, fourth, yeah. As and, far as Ford Lions are concerned, it's and I mean in, in terms of Barkley Goodrow, it's uh, he gets a lot of hate, and I feel like a lot of that hate came from when he was playing in the top six, and you mm-hmm. really don't expect him to do anything of significance in the top six. I mean, he's obviously not, you know, the best defensive player in in the league, but he's a very, very good role player. I mean, you saw it. He won two cups with, cups with Tampa just based on being a very, you know, elite grinding forward. That, that that's, that's always been, you know, the makeup of his game. So he gets a lot of hate, but him on that fourth line is the perfect fit for him. And obviously, Tyler Mott chases every loose puck on the ice. So that fourth line is is absolutely insane. I wanted to pull it up because I do think it is quite funny with all the hate that he's gotten while being a New York Ranger. Uh, Last season, he had a career high in points. His previous career high was 26 when he was on San Jose and then the Lightning in 2019-20. Last year, he had 33. This year, he has 25. So unless he goes the last... You know, 14 games without getting a point. He will have the two best point seasons of his career in New York. He's been perfectly fine. He's been good defensively. He's been good on the penalty kill. Outside of his little fun, funny little stint last year in the top six, I have not had anything to complain about Barkley Goudreau. Yeah, I mean, he's doing exactly what they brought him here for. So I don't, you know, though, you know, guys like him get a lot of hate when it just shouldn't be directed towards him. I mean, this team is not going to win or lose games because of Barkley Goodrow. And I mean, that being said, they almost won the game yesterday because of Barkley Goodrow and his line. So, you know, obviously there's that, you know, that contradicts itself there, but he's doing exactly what you want him to. So, I mean, obviously you'd maybe like to have him making a little less money, but he's not completely breaking the bank and he's doing everything you ask of him. So, it's you know the the blame and the and the issues direct more you know farther you know up in the lineup for sure i don't know where to go from here i think we've covered it yeah pre- pre- pretty much <laughs> pretty much uh covered all the bases i mean um the one thing i will say is you know in the in the penguins game yesterday I did like how they fought in the third. Um, they were, without a doubt, the better team in the third period. Um, but with that being said, they 
you know, they, they lose that game if, if Trocek gets called on on um, that cross check. So, yeah. um, you know, as good as their third period was, it wasn't like they scored four goals in it. They definitely still struggled to put the puck in the net. So, <laughs> you and know, again, you can't go into the playoffs thinking if you play one good period out of the three, you're going to win anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's been a trend for for a lot of the season. They've been really bad in the second period, at least in the past month or so. And that, that can't be happening. I mean, they get completely dominated in the second period, which just simply can't happen, um, especially when you're playing against, you know, let's say the first round matchup is the Devils. Um, you will get killed, you know, if they're, they are a very, very fast team. And if you, you know, if, if you're, you know, not on your game for a period, they will score multiple goals. That that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you know, Igor is, we, everybody, you know, has full confidence in him, you know, um, fully finding his elite form in the playoffs, but you don't want to rely on that. Um, especially with how good this team is on paper. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Tarasenko and Kane aren't defensive masterminds. They never will be. Um, but you also don't need them to be. You know, I mean, how many teams in this league have four, you know, right wingers that play elite defense? Nobody, right? So most teams have, you know, defensive liabilities at wing. It's not, you know, a new thing. It's not solely the Rangers. Um, and like I said before, you don't need them to be crazy defensively because you're supposed to have great defensive players on your team. You know, you have Zibanejad, you have Truba, Miller, you know, Lindgren, Fox, obviously. You shouldn't need those guys to, to do anything defensively, really. But, you know, it, it's more of a, a, a team-wide thing. And I just feel like their defensive structure is not improving whatsoever. And that's definitely concerning. Uh- how much do you think the defense can improve? Like, assuming once once Lingrid is back and healthy, the past two weeks, the way the defense has played, it's going to get better. I think a lot of people go and expect Lingrid coming back, and it's they're going to be the Boston Bruins. They're not, but it's going to, it's definitely going to improve when you get Ryan yeah. Lingrid back. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's going to improve, and it's going to improve drastically. I mean, I don't think you're going to see as many odd man rushes when he's back, just because... Obviously, all of your pairings will have a lot of chemistry, and a lot of those things will, you know, kind of iron themselves out. Um, but I mean, like you said, they're not going to be the Boston Bruins. Um, <laughs> you know, they weren't last year. They haven't been at all this year. So anybody expecting that definitely have some bad news for you. Um, I, you know, in, in terms of your question, how much do I think the defense can improve? Um, it's not like we haven't seen them defend before. I mean, they've obviously had very dominant games. Um, one game I will go back to is game one of the season against Tampa. (laughs) They obviously, that was the best game I've seen this team play ever. I mean, this core of players, they completely dominated that game. So when I feel like when they're all really trying their absolute hardest, that's their maximum potential right there. Um, whether they're going to hit that consistently, I have no clue. But like I said, they have the ability to, to do it. Obviously, game one was a complete you know masterclass from this team. But there's been many instances where they've done things like that. They just don't do it consistently. Um, in the playoffs last year, there were you know many games where they were pretty dominant. Maybe not the whole game, but they have 
they have the ability to really flip a switch and at least win two of the three periods and not give up many, you know, um, quality scoring chances. They have the, you know, ability to do it. We've seen them do it multiple, multiple times. Um, they just have to figure out how to do it consistently, especially against anybody you're going to play in the playoffs. I mean, this Eastern Conference is absolutely insane. So you have to be really, really good defensively. You got to get everything clicking here in this, in you know, in this week and down this this final stretch. You mentioned game one, and I just wanted to briefly say that I think there is a possibility. I'm not, I'm not saying to bank on it because it's very possible that maybe it isn't that. This team has played the majority of the year like they do not give, they don't care whatsoever about the regular season. They just want to get back to the playoffs. That game against the Lightning was awe-inspiring how thoroughly for the absolutely 60 minutes they played <laughs> they walked them up and down the ice on no uncertain terms and i think you could see the entirety of the team flip a switch going in like in game one of the playoffs and just potentially start running away with it because when they play like they care that it's something wild and that game against yeah. tampa was utterly utterly dominant and i think that could be it's it's weird to say, oh, disregard the other 81 games they played. That first game, no, 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 that's the team you're going to get come come postseason. But I, I really yeah, think that could be yeah. the case with them. Yeah, I mean, th- that definitely has been the case pretty much all season long. I mean, they got off to that slow start, and they kind of realized that they couldn't just waltz their way into the playoffs. They actually had to fight for some points. And now, you know, they, they're obviously sitting pretty comfortable in third you know, right now because mm-hmm. of that. They obviously picked it up. I mean, they went, what, 24-4? and four? So it's not like, you know, it's not like the sky is falling here. I mean, it's not, you know, so long ago that they were on that dominant run. Um, but the one thing I will say, especially in, the, in these past three games, is that the effort has not been there. And, you know, early in the season, you can get away with not caring as much and, and kind of, you know, thinking only about getting back to the playoffs. But this is the home stretch. You know, you really want to see them fighting like every other team is fighting right now. Um, every team in the East, you know, in the playoff race is absolutely fighting their absolute hardest. I mean, you especially saw that on Saturday with Buffalo. They were going hard. You know, um, the Rangers didn't have an answer for it, and they somehow walked away with two points. Um, but that just goes to show the 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 gap in effort between the Rangers and all the other teams in the playoff race right now. Um, you know, you saw a little bit of, of you know, of, you know, more effort yesterday and, and fight from this team, at least in the third period yesterday. Um, but it hasn't been there in the past month. And it's very concerning being that we don't have many games left before, you know, before this really counts. Also, like, you look at the playoff picture. You're playing, likely, the Devils in the first round. Devils are going to have mm-hmm. home ice. From there, you look at the rest of the teams. The Eastern Conference is going to be a bloodbath. And if you don't go into every game mentally prepared for a war, you're going to get killed. Yeah, like absolutely. You are, you are sixth in the entire Eastern Conference. You're eighth in the league. That's how good, yeah. that's how good yeah. the East <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even if it's not the Devils... I mean, right now, the Devils are on a complete heater once again. So let's say they win the division, and let's say we play Carolina again. Mm. Um, 
they they really struggled in Carolina last year, apart from that game seven. And I think it's, you know, Carolina plays the same way every game. You know, you're not going to really see them. You know, a lack of effort is not necessarily something you're ever going to say about the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Um, and I feel like a lot of their players are a lot more consistent. So it's, uh, you know, we, we talk about consistency and all these things. Um, Carolina is very, very good at matching their lines to the Rangers. Um, we especially saw that in the in the games on the road in Carolina. I mean, Mika Zibanejad could not do anything in that series because his line was just getting completely shut down. I mean, they didn't do absolutely anything. So the biggest thing if, about if that, it, not finished. Yeah, go ahead. The biggest thing about that going into Carolina is you're going to have to win off of your sheer talent alone because you're going to get mm-hmm. outclassed entirely in coaching. Rod Bl- yeah. Rod Brindamore can wa- he is the father of Gerard Gallant and we learned that Absolutely. last season in that seven game series. Yeah. And so if yeah. you play Carolina in round 1, you're going to have to win simply because your players play better. And it's not, you're not going to get any help from the coaching staff. You have to have every player playing as best as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that either one Either team yeah, I, it's, in round one, it, it, <laughs> whether it's the Devils or Carolina, is going to be a challenge. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, we're not expecting any easy series to come out of out of these playoffs in the East whatsoever, right? Um, but, you know, as good as this team is on paper, like I said many times, this is the time of the year, this final stretch of the season, where you really have to start feeling really good about your team, you know? Um, regardless of how good those teams are, we know it's not going to be easy, but you want to enter round one, at least feeling good about yourself. You know, I, as good as the Rangers might play in this final stretch, you're not going to feel super, super confident playing either one of those teams. It's not, it's just not going to happen. I mean, they could lose three or four games in the, in, in this final stretch and dominate in all their wins. And you probably still won't think you're going to sweep either the devils or the, or the hurricanes. So no, and especially because they're likely going to have home ice, you're either going to have to walk yeah. in game one of the playoffs, assuming you stay in the third spot in the Metro and don't have to, <laughs> don't have to go play Boston. Yeah, please yeah. for the love of God, don't do that. <laughs> um, you're going to go into game one if it's against the Hurricanes. It's game one in their house, in the place you eliminated them last season after they probably should have won that series. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to go play the Devils, who you despise with every fiber of your being and they despise you with every fiber of their being in their house after six year playoff drought for the devils six or seven yeah yeah like, and, and you're the going devils get... have had the rangers number recently too so it's not like you know i necessarily feel confident about the one-on-one matchup between the teams you know no and you're going to get punched you're going to get punched first in either of those two games. It's going to be how yeah. you respond once you get there. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah. And I mean, I mean, like I was saying, you're not going to feel confident against either one of those teams, no matter what happens, but you just have to make sure you feel good about your team going into it. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Because if you already know, that's going to be a, a hell of a series round one, whoever it is. Um, and on top of that, if you go into that feel, you know, feeling completely down about yourself, you are going to get swept. So this final stretch, they just have to click and they just have to find a way to really feel confident about whoever they're playing to at least, you know, feel like they can win the series 
whether it be in six, seven games, they just have to feel good about themselves regardless of who they're playing. Can you imagine telling yourself before the season started that the Rangers were going to go out and get Tarasenko and Patrick Kane oh my at the God. deadline, yeah. and you're still going to be on the road in round one? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's wild enough that this has happened. Um, you know, even after they got Tarasenko, I thought there was no chance of them getting pretty much anyone else because they had no money regardless. I didn't think they were getting any other player, let alone Patrick Kane. Um, and... You know, the theme of this this entire episode is basically just talking about how how the hell aren't they good? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it makes genuinely no sense. <laughs> like, we could talk about, you know, we could put the blame on any of these players. It doesn't matter. They have the guys to win the whole thing. So <laughs> they have to click here, and I don't know how they've struggled 5v5 with this lineup. It makes genuinely no sense to you me. You think a part of it could be like a mental struggle for the individual players, knowing that if they don't go out and dominate a game, they're probably getting thrown around on the lines. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, maybe more so for other players, you know, or more for some players than others, I should say. Um, you know, <laughs> Patrick Kane... He's been tossed around this lineup um, since he's been here, and I feel like you know he's been on the same team his whole career. He comes over here, he expects to play with Panarin, and doesn't expect any line changes. And I feel like you know he feels as though if he doesn't have a point in the game, he's gonna be bumped up or down regardless of who he's playing with. So that could mess with his confidence. And I mean, in terms of his you know offensive zone turnovers and stuff. Those are going to get amplified when he feels like he absolutely has to make a play. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> you can't he's already a risky player in the offensive zone as it is and when he feels like he has to score or get an assist, that's when the turnovers are going to happen more. I mean, him, you know, not only just him, I feel like anybody from the kid line, um I feel like their confidence might have been hurt a little bit now that they've all been jumped around the lineup in these past few games. Um, they've, they obviously haven't been on that, you know, extreme hot streak like they were, um, you know, in the, in, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but I, I don't, I didn't see any reason to break them up whatsoever. And I feel like now they're getting tossed around the lineup a lot and that chemistry goes away and it's all just a huge mess. So the line changes definitely need to stop. I feel like that if, you know, if we had bullet points of kind of a Christmas list, that would be number one. I mean, I think every Rangers fan would say that. It's it's fascinating that the thing we want most is just nothing. It yeah. literally what we want yeah. most is just stop. Just you, just leave it, please. Yeah, and I feel like it's a simple ask. I mean, it's not like they work. They, I mean, it worked once in that Carolina game where Panarin scored four goals. It worked once. The success rate is literally one percent. So I don't know why this keeps happening, and it just isn't going to stop happening. So we'll see. But, I mean, like I said before, we're probably going to be halfway through a playoff series talking about why the lines are being changed constantly. <laughs> it's just going to keep happening. So there's not really much of a point in complaining about it. I hate that you're correct. Like, it's going to happen. We're probably going to be sitting here like game five, you know, in a pivotal game being like, man, they couldn't score tonight. I wonder. I, I, I can't believe they keep changing the lines. Like, that's just, that's where we're at. I can't wait to be in Game 5 of the Devil Series. I'm like, man, you know, Mott with Kane just hasn't looked good these past few nights. Yeah, but who would have thought that they wouldn't have clicked together? 
<laughs> the greatest mystery in the history of the New York Rangers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, we pretty much covered you know all the bases from this this weekend. I mean, just to recap, you know, Montreal was a mess. They got a win. The Sabers game was a mess. They got a win. Um, the Penguins game was a complete mess, and they almost won. You got a point, um, but they they probably shouldn't have won any of these three. So. <laughs> At yeah. least they're getting points. At least they're winning some games. But it's just not what you want to see from this lineup, especially this deep into the season. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll come on here next week and they just won four of these games, you know, against the Capitals, Penguins, and Predators, and they win all of them 8 nothing. Who knows what's going to happen? But as of right now, you definitely want to see some more from, from the, the team as a whole. They. Absolutely. You've got to see it. And it's not from any one position. You've got to see it from every single position, every player, every line, every pair. Which the positive, yeah. nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Because this past little stretch, even dating back before that long break, you had the win in Philly that was a mess, the loss against Ottawa, <laughs> the loss against Boston. Yeah. You've. Yeah. It's been a time over the past two weeks for the New York Rangers. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. I mean, obviously, you'd expect them to slow down after that, you know, 24-4 and four run they were on. That's sustainable um, for exactly one team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you, obviously, you'd expect them to slow down, but you don't want to completely free fall either. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, we pretty much covered everything. It's just a matter of this is the week where it's kind of, you know, put up or shut up. Uh, they could either completely put the Penguins to bed in the standings, or they could fall to the wild card at the end of this week. Who knows? So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, I feel like it's not going to be much of an in between. I feel like it's going to be completely one way or the other in terms there of that. There is so, no reality we'll where they go two and two this week. It's you're going four and zero oh or like one and three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get you know, here. hopefully they click, but <laughs> they, you know, it's easier said than done, I guess. The next time we talk, it is either going to be talking about giving us the cup now, why are we playing the playoffs, or it's going to be a yeah, very first week. I mean, obviously, we just spent, you know, five minutes before talking about, oh, how could you feel confident either way, no matter who you're playing in the playoffs. But if they go 4-0 and this week and they're all dominant wins, my, you know, my bias isn't, is going to come out. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be saying we're going to sweep either one of them for sure. So, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that, that's pretty much it. Like I said, pretty much covered everything from this weekend, a little bit of the Montreal game, and, um, you know, I guess I guess we'll reconvene in a week and hope that our season isn't over. <laughs> that so. would be ideal. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you all for listening and coming out with us. We will see you in a week from now, hopefully discussing the season being back on track and better than ever. Until next time, yep. I'm Weston, and that's Evan. Have a good week, and as always, go Rangers. Go Rangers, guys.